Well, good morning, friends. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's, and Happy Epiphany. I hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. I hope you are able to spend time with loved ones this Advent season. I hope you are able to spend time with God um, and we're able to reflect back on this last year. I hope you are also able to stay warm last night. It was very, very cold. Had me thinking about our Christmas winter storm last year. So I hope you're reaching out to all of our friends that are affected more by the cold. If I have not met you yet, my name is Jake Plenicky, and I am the director of youth ministry here at Covenant. So I get to spend all my time hanging out with our middle school and high school friends. Um, but today, it is my joy, honor, and privilege to get to share um, from our word today. So let's jump in. 2022, January 2nd. Can y'all believe that? Where does the time go? The last two or even three years have been a whirlwind, right? So slow, yet so incredibly fast. It's crazy. Yesterday, as I was scrolling through social media, I was looking at all the people posting about kind of a recapping the last year. I saw lots of people rejoicing and celebrating all the incredible blessings from this last year, like getting to spend time with loved ones for the first time in a very, very long time, or maybe celebrating a wedding, or just getting back to seeing people. But then I also saw a lot of people that were saying, don't let the door hit you on the way out, 2021. <laughs> because let's be honest, 2021 was not the easiest year. And there were some really, really hardships. And I think as Covenant, that is kind of the same boat, right? We were able to celebrate some really, really incredible blessings, just getting to worship back in person and getting to have all our middle school and high school friends hanging out. But then we also had some hardships, right? And we went through sickness and we did all these things together. And for most of us, the beginning of a new year is time to focus on the future. It's time to focus our attention on what's next, 2022. For some of us, that focus is expressed in New Year's resolutions, right? So for this year, my, myself personally, I am going to be trying to do the one-touch rule. So this is an idea created by Ann Gomez, and it's very, very simple. It's basically just saying you're going to put all your belongings away with one touch. So personally, I have a very, very bad habit of whenever I get home, I like to throw my shoes by the front door, my backpack on the couch, maybe my lunchbox on the table, and unfortunately, my dirty clothes on the floor. And this idea is talking about putting away all your belongings in one touch. So putting all those things where they belong immediately. And by doing that, it reduces a lot of cluster and helps me stay more organized. So that is what I am going to try to do this year. So I want to focus my attention on the future by doing that this year. Others of us may not make New Year's resolutions, but we still have hopes and dreams for the future and for the coming year. And we consider the possibilities of what this year might hold. That might look like taking care of your physical health or your mental health, maybe looking for a new job, just exploring some of the incredible things that Austin has to offer. Or some of us, let's face it, we're just looking for some consistency and peace. Some of us simply want a clean slate, a fresh start, a new beginning. We are in the middle of some really weird, weird times. So I know a lot of us are in this boat. 
In whatever ways this gets expressed, it touches a longing or desire within us. We often seek something we don't have. We want something different from the new year. We are aware of an absence or a hole or something we want to change in the future. Something was missing in our lives this last year and that is what we want to focus on or change. I don't mean our life is defective or insufficient and I'm not making a criticism or judgment. I love the idea of trying to better ourselves. I feel like we all have times in our lives when we experience absence and we want to work on and change those things. I know personally for me, Often when I feel the most empty and the most alone is whenever I kind of waste my time. I might spend my time watching a show or watching a new movie when I could spend it investing in friends or checking in on family or doing something more useful with my time. I often feel this absence or emptiness in those moments. Here's the paradox and the big idea for us today as we celebrate Epiphany. That absent thing, that missing piece or emptiness that I feel in my life has a solution and is present to us today and always. We may not see it or experience it all the time and it may not even be fully realized to us today, um, but it already exists within us. That might sound confusing, right? Because it is. That absent missing piece in our lives is here, friends, and that is what we're gonna be talking about this morning. The thing we are ultimately desiring and longing for in our lives here on this earth is intimacy with the Creator, intimacy with Jesus. So you might be wondering what absence has to do with epiphany. They sound like they can't happen at the same time, but maybe it's not as simple as there's something there or there's nothing there. What if the experience of absence and the accompanying longing and desires are the beginning of an epiphany for you? And what if your sense of longing and desire is really God's longing and desire for you? But what is Epiphany Sunday? So Epiphany is a Christian feast day that celebrates the revelation of God incarnate as Jesus Christ. God coming down and taking on the form of man through Jesus Christ. So this week, we kind of commemorate this by the visit of the Magi to the Christ child and thus Jesus Christ's physical manifestation to the Gentiles. It's about Jesus being revealed to us in physical manifestation for the first time. Today, we celebrate the revelation of God's promise through, to the world through Jesus Christ. So let's pray. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. As we start this new year, I pray that you reveal yourself to us in a new way. I pray that we are able to focus on you and experience you and we are able to learn more about your grace. I pray all these things in your name. Amen. Awesome. Let us jump into our text. So today we're going to be reading from Matthew 2, 1 through 12. So you can follow along as we finish our Come and Adore Him series and continue our journey through the liturgical calendar this year. So it's a little bit of a longer text, but it's a beautiful narrative of the story of Jesus. So it's pretty fun. So, Matthew 2, 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? 
for we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judea. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time where the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you had found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gold, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another way. The word of the Lord. Awesome. What a powerful narrative we have today. This is where it all begins, friends. I know personally this story is very familiar. It's read around this time each year. And I, like probably a good amount of y'all, have heard this story many times. But unfortunately, I think it loses a lot of its weight because we forget the time period that this story takes place in. We forget about how different, how truly different our cultures and worlds are. It doesn't seem that crazy for me, for a lot of people to come knocking on your door after you've had a baby. Nowadays, it's totally normal for friends and neighbors and coworkers and even acquaintances to check in on you from near and far. And that is totally the norm, to bring you gifts and dinners. But because of our modern mobility, we have a hard time imagining the small, small world in which these two normally lived. Mary and Joseph would have had local Jewish friends, they would have had local Jewish family, and they would have had a Roman governor and array of Roman soldiers that would have been the police force in Galilee, period. That was their world. Because their social class didn't travel, their familiar would have been quite limited. We, on the other hand, live in a world where you can drive across a state in a day. Well, maybe not Texas, but most states you can easily drive across in a day. And you can travel across the country for a weekend, and you can fly across the world for a week. Just like that. Easy. But in this text, it was drastically different times. So while the story of the wise men is familiar to me, these exotic visitors with strange accents and probably funny clothes would have, might, might have been pretty scary and out of this couple's comfort zones. I'd never really stopped to think of that, that in spite of our cute, little, gentle, childlike magi that we see in the nativity scenes, these guys could have been scary to our couple. So, with this perspective in mind, let us pick up our story. 
a supernatural star appeared to several wise men in an eastern country in Judea. The wise men were then led to Christ in a manger. God had revealed to them that the star would lead them to the promised king, the king of grace, long expected by the Jewish people. So immediately the wise men heard this and they set out to Jerusalem, the capital of the Jews. Upon arrival, they asked, where is he who would be born the king of the Jews? What happened? King Herod then summoned all of his scribes and priests and asked them where, according to scripture, would the child be found? After they showed him from the prophet Micah where the baby would be born, which was Bethlehem, the king directed the wise men to that little town. They followed his directions, and lo and behold, they found him, fell down before him, worshiped him, opened up their treasures, and then left, celebrating the revelation of God's promise to the world in Jesus Christ. The amazing thing to me in this story is that the wise men were led by a supernatural star to Judea. Yet what is still more amazing and interesting to me is that God did not choose to lead the wise men to the place of Jesus directly. Instead of going directly to Bethlehem, he first detoured them to Jerusalem, where they met with Herod. Herod was the chief priest and, at the time, and him and his scribes must first show the wise men from God's word that Bethlehem was the place Christ could be found. I love that part of the text because today in our story in Matthew, this starts by his gospel showing a very distinct contrast between the Gentiles and the Jewish secular and religious leaders. The Magi, on one hand, knelt down and paid him homage and worshiped Jesus. But King Herod the Great, the king, wanted to kill Jesus. Matthew wants to show us throughout his gospel that Jewish leaders rejected Jesus and opposed him, oppressed him, but the Gentiles accepted him. King Herod became greatly troubled to hear from the Magi that the new king of the Jews is born. He felt threatened and worried about his throne. He knew from the chief priests and teachers that the Messiah would have to be born in Bethlehem and come from the line of David. King Herod did not meet the biblical criteria to be the Messiah. He was paranoid and potentially worried about arrival to the throne. The Magi, on the other hand, came and they gave Jesus three gifts. Gold is a sign of kingship long associated with the gods. Frankincense represents wisdom and myrrh is a sign of long life and healing. These gifts were usually given to a king or a person with high status. So Matthew continues to use this story to emphasize that Jesus is the true Messiah, the King of the Jews, and he is the descendant of King David. In Matthew's eyes, Jesus is superior, and that is what we want to take away. Jesus is the incarnate Son of God. We celebrate Epiphany by learning about the Magi's declaration of Jesus as a divine person and a king. The story teaches us that Jesus is our king and we should put him first in our own lives. The Magi could have teamed up with King Herod to take out Jesus, but for them, Jesus Christ is greater and more powerful. They endured a long journey from Persia to Bethlehem to meet Jesus, the king. They risked their lives for the sake of Jesus. They, reject, they rejoiced when they met him. Matthew tells us that they paid Jesus homage, not Herod. 
I'm curious, are we willing to put Jesus first in our own lives this year? This is a personal question that that requires a personal, thoughtful response. How could 2022 look differently with this in mind? How can we put Jesus first in our own lives this year? So lastly, in conclusion, as we start this new year and finish our Come and Adore Him series, the Lord himself has come, scripture says. In other words, this act which occurred in the birth of Christ was God ordained and God accomplished. This points to grace, which comes not through human effort, but rather through relying on God to do what humans can. This was the reason Christ came. God gave us the child named Emmanuel, which literally means with us God or God with us. In truth, God is and always has been with us. God has been present through the universe, but he's also been present with his people as well and walked on earth with us. That is what we are reminded about and celebrate today. That is what makes him so different. Matthew makes it clear, Jesus Christ, God's son, was the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy. He was the long-promised Emmanuel, sent by God to save his people and usher in a new kingdom. He came as the mediator between God and man, as our redeemer, savior, and friend. 2,000 years ago, God looked upon our sin-ravished world, saw our hopelessness and our failures to make ourselves right with him, and he did what we never could do. He came to us. When Christ came to earth, he quite literally became God with us. But he did so much more than just enter our humanity. He lived among us, showed us the way to the Father, then paved that way by himself, through his death on the cross. I'm here to tell your friends that we are all in need of Jesus and he has come. So whenever my New Year's resolution or my hopes and dreams for this new year fail, uh, probably gonna happen pretty soon, that we can be encouraged that Jesus is never going to fail. Today, as we begin this new year, be reminded of this incredible fact as we celebrate the revelation of God's promise to the world in Jesus Christ. This year, spend time in his word, spend time in prayer, spend time with Jesus. Amen.